I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. And I'm Amanda. You're listening to Seaside Seaside Stories. Hello there. We're getting closer and closer to Christmas. I'm sure by now people are all decorated for the season. Have you gotten yourself a tree yet? Just be sure to get that tree sustainably and ethically. For today's story might make you think twice. It was that time of year again. Every radio station was playing Christmas music. All those cheesy holiday movies were on the television. Lights and decorations up and down the street and everywhere you go. Most of my house was now decorated too. The only thing missing from the living room was a Christmas tree. I'll admit, my husband Dan and I had been procrastinating. And now with only a couple weeks left till Christmas, we didn't have a lot of time to find a tree. Dan had this tradition as a kid where he and his family would go out and find a tree to cut down on their family lot. We didn't have that luxury, but he still insisted we go out and do it anyway. There was a large expanse of forest down the road from us where people went hiking and camping through the dry months. But once the snow and ice hit, it usually stayed devoid of human activity till the next season. I'm sure we weren't the first couple to procure a tree this way. And nowhere along the trail did it say we couldn't, so why not? The small parking lot was untouched. A fresh blanket of snow covered the ground and the tops of trees. As we pulled in, I noticed a sign reading, Trails Not Maintained use with caution. Underneath that, another sign. Respect the forest and its inhabitants. Leave it how you found it. All right, maybe there was a sign, but it's only one tree. Dan and I got out of his truck. He brought the hacksaw along with him. We shuffled through the snow and onto the trail, or rather, where the trail would have been if the snow hadn't overtaken it. The forest was beautiful. Birch, oak, and firs of different kinds and sizes were all around. Birds were chirping, and some small critters were skittering among them. And were those deer tracks? Truly a magical place, fit to be on a Christmas card. That's the one, Dan finally announced, striding up to a full, decent-sized tree. I didn't know much about Christmas trees, but I could already imagine it all done up with lights and ornaments. I felt the undeniable feeling of guilt at the bottom of my stomach as Dan knelt down and began to saw at the base of the tree. He made quick work of it, and soon it fell. He handed me the hacksaw, then started wrapping it. But I wasn't paying much attention to him anymore. I was observing the surrounding forest. It was now eerily quiet. The birds had stopped singing, and the only thing I could hear was Dan's footfalls as he crunched through the snow, dragging along the tree behind him. "'What are you standing around for? Let's go,' Dan said, walking around me and back onto the path. But something wasn't right." felt as if the whole atmosphere had changed from warm and welcoming to cold and sinister. Like the forest had eyes, and it had seen and felt what we had done. The guilt stayed with me, even at home. The joy and cheer I usually got was replaced by discomfort as Dan and I decorated the tree. The night was filled with a nightmare that truly disturbed me to the core. I was back in the forest. I tried to move, but I couldn't. I was literally rooted in place. My legs were fused together and grown into the ground. Footsteps brought my attention to a figure. Dan approached me with his hacksaw. I opened my mouth to speak, but nothing came out. 
My panic grew as the blade bit into the side of my calf. I tried screaming, tell him to stop, but my cries fell on deaf ears. He began to pull and push the blade back and forth, cutting deeper and deeper through my legs. The pain was unbearable as the snow was painted red. Finally, he finished cutting, and I fell. As I hit the snow, I shot up in bed, breathing heavily. Tears streamed down my face as I remembered the pain. After a few moments of collecting myself, I began hearing the sound of rustling. Continuous rustling and twinkling, then glass breaking. It took me a moment to realize it was coming from the tree. Dan was staying the night at a buddy's place for their work Christmas party. He wouldn't be back till tomorrow morning, so it wasn't him downstairs. The cat must be messing with the tree. I got out of bed to investigate, only to see that he was fast asleep on his favorite perch by the window in the hallway. The rustling sound stopped as I flicked on the lights to the living room. The branches were in the process of settling back to a still. Broken ornaments and tinsel and beads were on the floor surrounding the tree, leaving it bare. The stand held the tree sturdy and firm. There was no way they just fell off. Whether it was just a squirrel that came along or something else entirely, I wasn't sure. There truly was a little critter in the house. The cat would have made quick work of it. But he had just hissed at the tree and stayed far away from it since we brought it home. I remembered the feeling I had earlier. The guilt I felt by cutting down the tree. And an odd thought came to me. As if deep down, I really did know what was going on. We had disturbed the spirits of the forest. The fae. We had entered their home, and we had taken one of their children back with us against their will. And they were angry. We had been warned, and now I was being punished for it. I ended up taking the tree outside. I no longer wanted it in my house. Not that it changed anything. I blew up Dan's phone with texts and calls. I needed him to come home as soon as possible. The night dragged on, but the torment continued. Any time I got close to falling back asleep, I would wake with a sharp pinch at my toes, followed by the sound of childish giggling and tiny feet padding away from the bed. The sun was just peeking up through the windows before I decided that I could no longer take it. I couldn't wait for Dan anymore. I had to take the tree back and somehow make amends. The forest was a short drive away, but was about a 30-minute walk there. I had wrapped the tree as best as I could to avoid any damage, and bundled up before I went out into the snow. It was a bitter, cold morning. I was exhausted, and the tree only seemed to get heavier the further and further I walked. I didn't even know what time it was. Too early for most people to be awake. There were a few moments where I just wanted to sit down for a little while to rest my eyes. My hands and feet were tingling painfully, but the fear of having angered the fae outweighed my fear of hypothermia. The sun had risen some more, coloring the sky pink, and I could see the parking lot to the forest entrance. I didn't hesitate as I entered the forest. It was still eerily quiet and untouched. Every part of me was screaming to get out of there and run. I could faintly make out eyes in the birch tree bark, watching me with their cold, calculating eyes. Faint whispers were being carried through the wind. In the corner of my eye, I would often catch a glimpse of something peeking out from behind a tree or through the heavy brush. I finally approached the stump and fell to my knees between it and the tree. There was no way to undo this, and no real way to say sorry. Yet my eyes fell on my engagement ring. I was already removing it from my finger and placing it on the top of the stump. I'm sure they would love this as much as I do. Some time had passed before I could hear someone shouting my name in the distance. With some difficulty, I opened my eyes and saw him trudging through the snow towards me. I could see he was very angry. What the hell are you doing? Are you crazy? Fairies. Are you kidding me? You could have gotten yourself killed. We're leaving right now. As he finished speaking, there was a sudden hum in the air as he stepped towards me. 
but before he could grab my arm, he doubled over in pain, grasping at his stomach. Upon meeting my gaze, I could see he was changing. The smoothness of his face was taking on a rougher texture. His body was lengthening and warping as he screamed in agony. All I could do was watch in horror as his movements began to slow, then stop altogether. His body stretched and thinned, his clothes molding into a tough exterior, until I was no longer looking at my husband, but a young bare oak tree. So, friend, take care where you wander if you travel through the woods. Respect the forest, for it is not your home. You're only a visitor. There are things that live there that are much older and wiser than you, and if you cross them, they will come after you. Today's story was titled Deck the Halls and was read by Amanda. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Seaside Stories Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to tune in every Sunday for a new episode. I'll see you next week. Bye!